Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Bonjour. Oh yeah. Okay, simple. But it works. Yep. Bonjour. How's it going, Mita? Ça va bien, merci, et toi? <laughs> Practice that. I'll speak French the whole time. Oh, guys, it is October 31st at 9 p.m. It is Halloween. It is, ha- it is say Halloween. But, like, essentially the end of Halloween. It's the end, yeah. I turned, we play, we put a boombox outside, and I have okay. a spooky playlist that I play, yeah. and I turned it off, so that tells the kids, like, yeah. don't come here no more. you turn the lights more. off, too. Oh, I forgot to turn the pumpkin light off, and I forgot to turn the projector off. Like, we project these, like, images of, like, yeah. ghosts on the garage door. I hope no rowdy kids come. Do you want to go turn it off? No. <laughs> <laughs> My dad is downstairs. He can go answer it. He'll hear. Yeah. Have you ever gotten egged? There was one year our car got egged. We parked our car on the street. It was, like, oh, a no. long time ago. Yeah. And it got egged. But the kids this year were super polite when I was handing out candy. Lots of like thank yous, happy Halloween, have a good night. Nice. Like I was like, whoa! Like being locked up in COVID made kids really polite. Yeah, but was it like the youths? It was, like, was it like all kids? ranges. It was okay. the little kid. Little kids don't say anything, and it bugs me. <laughs> it was like your parents <laughs> didn't teach you. You're supposed yeah. to say trick or treat, and yeah. then I give you candy. You just don't yeah. show up. You just show up with a bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I would say, like, a lot of the preteens, so, like, the 10, 11-year-olds yeah. were, like, super polite. And then even That's the good. teens, like, there were a couple of probably, like, 14-year-olds. They were polite, yeah. too. I don't mind the teens trick-or-treating, man. Like, eventually, you're going to just be old. Yeah. So, like, but if you are going to come trick-or-treating, just dress up. Well, everybody was dressed up. Nobody. That's good. Yeah, I didn't have any slackers there. I saw some robots. I saw a lot of, like, cardboard box costumes. That's cute. Mm-hmm. People trying. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's refreshing. Because I think in years past, I think this neighborhood has gone through a wave, like maybe like mm-hmm. five, six years ago. Kids, maybe longer than that, like 10 years ago, there weren't as many kids. And so it was just like teens being lazy. But now there's yeah. more kids all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. And so That's it's cute. like, it's cute. And their parents wait at the end of the driveway. Yeah. And they're like, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> this cute. one I dropped. I made like baggies with. Actually, I'll show you. I have it here. Yeah. Listeners. I'll describe what Mita's taking out. Okay, so describe it, Nadim. So Mita has a paper bag with a pumpkin sticker on the front. Yeah, on both sides. It looks very full. Oh, bag a little thing of Skittles. Yeah, this one has Skittles. So this either, the box had Skittles or Starburst. Yeah, okay. A Kit Kat. Mm-hmm. The Mainyard Swedish Fish. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. was a box of Swedish Fish, Fuzzy Peaches, uh the sour berries patch kids. and sour patch kids mm-hmm. that was the best box i was like this box is like yeah. whoa it's mint and then chips so for four pieces yeah of junk for the kids well it's not just pieces of junk like it's a process nadim it's a chip a chocolate a candy and a gummy okay that's my process okay yeah i respect it yeah do you think people still give out apples <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never gotten an apple. I feel like I did. made that. Who gave no, you No, I d- absolutely got apples. Who? Like caramel I, I don't apples know. or just apple apples? No, just like apples. This was when my parents and I lived like in, a, in another suburb. But I remember there, I got apples. I'm not like apples. I got like an apple. But I have gotten apples in the past. And even my parents were just like, what's this? Do they think you're going to keep this apple and eat it? But yeah, I never under... Like, do people think you're going to bite into this apple that a stranger gave you? That's so weird. Someone was telling me that they used to live like um, in an area where there was a lot of older people. Mm-hmm. And so it would be a lot of like older women who wait at the front door, but they made like homemade goodies. So Aww. they'd make like brownies and cookies and like Aww. all this cute stuff and they would give it to the kids. I was like, that's so nice. And your parents would make you throw it out. No, the people that told me I guess me if you knew them. It. Yeah. They yeah. were just like cute little old ladies. I don't think they were going to do anything. Did you know... Do you Mita, know like the... You what? don't know the world. No, but do you know like... You know all the lores like of razor blades and like checking... Yeah. Do you know that most of those come from parents who actually did it to their own kids? Really? Yeah. Oh. If you think about it, that does make sense. Yeah. Or like one of them... One of the situations I heard about was like the kid got 
into their uncle's heroin stash by accident. And so the parents hit, took some of the heroin and put it in a pixie stick so that the police would think that it was from the candy and not from the uncle and the uncle wouldn't get in trouble for having like these drugs. Wow. Yeah. That's elaborate. Yeah. Kind of smart. Mm-hmm. When I've heard like some parent had like a life insurance policy and he did like put drugs in their kids candy. Oh. Yeah. People are terrible. Yeah. Not the little old ladies making fudge and brownies for people. Some of those old ladies are out to kill kids. So I'm just telling you that. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> actually, that's a really good horror movie you could read. Like a horror short. Yeah. There's something there. But speaking of horror movies, Mita, it's the end of your 31 days. Oh my goodness. Today was the last so before day. So before you get into the scream of it all. Yeah. Talk to me about how it was. Because next week, we're not going to talk about this anymore. Never, ever again will we uh, talk Never. About like, this is <laughs> the end Until next year. Exactly. I had a lot of fun. When we're still, by the way, when we're still doing the same season. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but yeah, how was it? I had a lot of fun. I didn't think I was going to make it all 31 days. Like, I mm-hmm. thought I would like leave it halfway through and just be like i don't have the time i will say it's hard to watch a movie every single day especially like when you're busy i thought the weekends would be easy but the weekends were the hardest because like Mm -hmm. i'd be busy all day and then all of a sudden i'm like oh shit it's nine o'clock like i have to watch this movie gotta turn on the exorcist (laughs) yeah (laughs) but no it was a lot of fun to like watch them i'm glad i did a mix of things i'd seen before and things i hadn't because I think that helped with, like, managing everything. It's, yeah. like, if, at least if it was something I'd seen, I could still get some other stuff done during that time. Like, I could just mm-hmm. have it on in the background. Like, tonight, for instance, I finished with Scream 5. But at one point, my dad and I, I made, like, 66 goodie bags. And at one mm-hmm. point, we were, like, down to the last 18. And my dad's like, you should probably make some more just in case. And so I had to then make 24 more bags. And I was like, okay, Scream 5, you're going on. So I can make these 24 more goodie bags. But yeah, I liked having the balance. I've learned that horror, especially as a genre, and I said this last week, it really is about a time and a place. Uh-huh. Um, and it's hard to make those sort of like classic movies sort of last a long time. But the ones that are good are just so good. Yeah. And I feel, especially these last five days, yes, the Scream movies fit into that purpose of like actually being timeless outside of their clothing and maybe some of the pop culture references i do feel like they i could watch that 30 40 50 years later and still really enjoy them so for our our listeners who don't know mita just finished finished 31 days with all five screams one after the other Mm -hmm. so what was that experience and more importantly (laughs) i want you to rank well i do this every year i watch all five all well I watch all the screams, whatever, how many there are. I watch them every year on how, like, usually on or a few days before Halloween. Around Halloween. When it was just the three, I would do all three in one day, like an on Halloween day. Yeah, I'd make room for it because I loved all three. But now that it's five, I think it's going to have to be split into two days unless I take every Halloween off and I just watch movies all day. Yeah. Which I'm not opposed to that. Yeah, exactly. Not a terrible (laughs) idea. It's not disgusting. But... I do this every year anyways, and so I, because I really do enjoy them. So it wasn't anything new to me, and it's not like I had, like, new, like, memories come up or new emotions towards everything. Yeah. But I did this viewing. I actually – so typically before, I would rank four as a higher one than three and two. Yeah. But I didn't love four as much as I have before this year. Okay. Yeah. I, I So if do you want my ranking? I do. I think it's going to go one – Three. I think I like five more than four. Yeah. One, three, five, four, two. That's my ranking too. Is it? Oh, I forgot. Exactly what you were the same. Yeah. There you go. No, it was like I, I, I'm in the middle of watching five right now, just on and off. Mm-hmm. But like, I realize it's actually quite clever. It is. It's quite clever. It's quite well written. And two, I just dislike. I get why you don't like it. Why? <laughs> it's not. It is out of all of them. It is the worst written one Uh like there's i think they were just trying to pick up off the momentum of like all the because it comes out right after the first one like there's really no time in between there it's like one year later so between shooting that and like writing a script i can't imagine that there was much time they got much time and they got to like actually put purpose into it and it's also one of those things where like 
when people graduate from high school on TV shows and then they go into college, it just doesn't work in the same way. No. And like three is even outside of that completely, but there is something a little bit more understanding of them being in an, in adulthood fully yeah. and like going through this. But yeah, two just sort of, it stands out in that it's not as well thought out as some of the other ones. It just feels very bloated. Yeah. And... I think what comes across in all the screen movies is usually like by the climax, you find out why the killer is killing someone. Mm-hmm. And you usually get that sensibility throughout the entire film. Like in yeah. five, you kind of, you know, they talk a little bit about like fandom and how fans hate the new stab series yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Or even in three, they're talking about like horror and violence in the movies. Yeah. Two, it was about horror and violence in the movies, but they don't do a great job of sprinkling that, except for that no. one scene in the film class. Like, that's yeah. it, though. There's nothing really else. And they could have done so much with Randy, but they they kill Randy. Like, I, feel, I still feel like Randy should have survived, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think he died too early in the series, but it's, it's the killing of one major character every well, movie. Yes. And one, you have, spoiler alert, you have Drew Barrymore. Which is like yeah. the shocker. And two, you have Randy. And three, you have Cotton. And I actually really like Cotton. Yeah. Yeah. Leif Schreiber doesn't get enough credit for mm. like what he does in those movies. Because he is, he's an asshole, but you also feel bad for him because he went to prison <laughs> for so yeah. long. But yeah. Who is it in four? And we can't say who's it in five because it's very new. So we can't give that away. Who dies in four? That's like shocking. Yeah. I think just based off the movie itself, it's the Hayden Panettiere character. Like, that's the one that people really resonate with. Mm. But because it's a whole new idea, they didn't need to kill anyone major. But I think that's what a lot of people's complaints were at the time because it looked like Gail was going to die in four. Yeah, she almost does. Yeah. And then she didn't. And she didn't. And so I think people were disappointed about it at that time. But I don't... In five, spoiler alert... No, don't say it. Don't say it? Okay. Don't say it. It's too fresh. It came out this year. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting that. Yeah. It does it feel like, like it so came out a while ago. ago. But it, it came out this year, so we're not going to spoil it. Yeah. But, but the one in five works. Works. Yeah. It works. And I feel like five takes some balls. Like, they do things. Yeah. There's a saying in writing where, where they're like, don't be afraid to kill your darlings. Mm-hmm. And two feels like they were afraid to do anything major. And yeah. Randy felt like a bit of a easy get out and the killers in two just feel so far-fetched one of them doesn't i get it but i felt like i just the other feel like they could have introduced that better yes yeah there could have been more meat to that yeah but speaking of movies that could have had more meat Hmm. meet the what did we watch this week (laughs) this week we watched the 1951 uh musical classic an american in paris Yes, that's what Not Emily in Paris, like I kept accidentally saying. Yeah. An American in Paris. <laughs> yeah, that's who's in Paris. Yeah. Okay, let me give us a quick IMDb Discro for sure. an American in Paris. American. American is what a lot of South Asian people call America, by the way. <laughs> Three friends struggle to find work in Paris. Things become more complicated when two of them fall in love with the same woman. That is a misleading logline. Super misleading. Because you th- yeah. go into it thinking like, oh, this is going to be like a cute little rom-com. Yeah. It's not. It's not cute. Well. 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 <laughs> it's not a rom-com. Yeah. So can I guess how you thought of what you thought of it? Yeah. Guess what I think. I think the fact that it was in color was mm-hmm. huge for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it is very pretty to look at. Yeah. And I think that went a long way for you. Like, I think if the same movie was in black and white, you would have had very different feelings. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it was in color was probably a big thing. I think parts of it you were endeared to and parts of it you scratched your head. I think overall, I'm guessing, and we'll find out if I'm correct, two and a half stars. That's your guess of what I... That's my guess. Okay. Yeah. Can I guess what you think? Yeah, I absolutely. think you thought it was boring. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think... You probably can understand, like, the how monumental it is in terms of, like, it being a musical and the, the song and the dance. Well, more specifically, the dance in this. How, like, I don't want to say it's the epitome of, like, a musical. But mm-hmm. how strong that comes across. And I think you can mm-hmm. appreciate that. But I also think there, in terms of, like, the story, it is quite lackluster. And so there wasn't really anything for you to grab onto. Which is also... How I feel. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. But I actually... Okay. 
So hmm. let's let's just dive into it as yeah. opposed to like dancing around. But they I dance, Nadim. I they do dance. <laughs> I had a very busy last ten days. Yeah. My kids have been sick. Meet and I recorded Father of the Bride during the day because it was the only time we had. We had like an hour slot. That's why that episode is so short. <laughs> I had to really slot in time to watch this movie. And not in it didn't feel like homework, but it it was like I really had to make time for it. So when I turned it on and I saw it was in color and it was a musical, I was just like, oh, actually, this might be exactly what I'm like, I need right now. Like something light and frothy and kind of fun to watch and easy to watch. And I watched it in two parts. I watched one hour and then the second hour because it's just under two hours. And the first hour, I was kind of like, okay, I'm kind of like into this. I'm kind of open to it. And, you know, I think the trappings of musicals back then, you kind of have to accept them for what they are. So I was like, okay, cool. And then the second half. And I will say, I was actually just pissed off by the end. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. (laughs) I think, especially the last 20 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm trying to remember the other movie we watched that had a similar... (laughs) What was that one? In the early... Like, it was in the first 10. Do you you mean Funny Face Mita? No, 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 no. (laughs) The one in the first 10 of Oscar winners. That was a musical? Do you mean that Broadway had Melody? Just like Broadway Melody, thank you. That had just musical numbers like for yeah, yeah, a yeah. good 40 minutes with like nothing else happening. I could not understand that 17 minute dance sequence. There's also like nothing, nothing is No told. reason for it. No. Nothing. It's 17 minutes of dance. And here's my thought process. And I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm very tired. So the things are just going to come Somebody's out. Somebody's cranky. Yeah. <laughs> And that is not influencing how I feel. Mm-hmm. I will say it's probably the other way around. Because if I had liked this, I think it actually would have like been a calming like effect, the way a good movie does. But this just like, by the end of it, I was just like, what was this? Yeah. I was really actually just quite annoyed by it. Because the for those of you who don't know, the movie ends with a 17-minute <laughs> dance number. Like, it's an ala- a very elaborate dance number with many dancers. It's not just Gene Kelly dancing, but it goes on for 17 freaking minutes. And then the movie just ends. It's just like, okay, cool, bye. It's just like, oh, this worked out. And then it just stops. It doesn't even, it doesn't wrap up the storylines. It's just as, it's ridiculous. And then it just ends. And I was like, okay. And then I read a review of some review at the time, or even it might have even been a modern review that called it like it was like it was remarkable or it was like so amazing to it's it's some of the best dance ever put to screen. And I it actually made me like viscerally angry because I have been reading Western reviews of Bollywood movies for ages. Mm -hmm. And you have the audacity to call out a whole other culture for their how they portray music and dance on screen, Mm -hmm. calling it frivolous, calling it like pointless, like all of these like really derogatory terms. And this movie was so effing pointless. (laughs) I could not 17 minutes meet that. I don't know if you can tell the name is really mad guy. I'm like, it really made me angry. It accomplished nothing. Mm -hmm. That those 17 minutes of fine a big production number. 17 minutes, guys. It just goes on and on and on. And like Mita mentioned, it does not do anything. It for is the fantasy For the movie. It is a fantasy sequence that is meant to be the climax of the film. There's also just no chemistry between those two characters. Absolutely not. That you're rooting for them to like wind up together and to at least have this like really beautiful, like I have to say, looking at it, it is a very beautiful dance sequence. Like it is stunning to watch. But there is, the stakes in this movie are like just non-existent. No. And so at no point are you just like, yes, I do want them to have this 17 minute dance routine together because it shows their love. It shows they're going to wind up together. It doesn't explain that at all. And you just don't feel it as an audience member there's nothing like there's no chemistry between gene kelly and leslie carl you know what it was though and i find this really fascinating Mm. it's the end of la la land oh yeah it that's exactly the function of it right he's having a fantasy of what their life around paris would be like Mm -hmm. like if they were in love that's what it is it goes on for 17 minutes and the end that end portion of la la land is essentially meant to show you the parallel life they would have led if things had went differently yeah. But that serves such an emotional purpose in that film. And then, ch- like, bookends it with the reality. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, it's you so... you see her thinking it. Like, you yes. see her feeling that as well. You Emma's see her feeling that, and you feel it as well. And then you realize, but it isn't, this is their reality, and this is just what is versus what was. It's exactly the same idea, and La La Land, I, I know I'm very vocal about how much I love La La Land, just executes it so much better. But what I couldn't grasp is how anyone thought this was the best picture of the year. Yeah. I mean, okay, let's look out. I don't have it open. Do you have it open? When Elia Kazan's A Streetcar Named Desire <laughs> is nominated, I cannot, for the life of me, figure out why this one. I... And why it has like a... It has such a high rating on Metacritic, too. I did not get to watch A Streetcar Named Desire. 83. Wow. That is pretty it's high. Really I would think high. in the 70s. Because I can understand how substantial it would be in terms of dance. Like, Dean Kelly is something to reckon with in terms of him being a dancer. Yeah. And to film that. Because I think it's one thing to see dance performed in person. But it's also another thing to actually, like, how do you film these scenes when there's people, there's literally moving sure. parts in every scene. Yeah. And you need to be able to capture the moving parts. Um, and I can understand how substantial that is in terms of, like, the times. Because thinking about something like Broadway Melody, it was very one-dimensional. But mm-hmm. these dance sequences are all over the place. And, like, there's yeah. actual depth to them. There's just no depth to the story that it's yeah. involved with. And so, like, I can appreciate it for that. I'm. What else was nominated? I don't have it open. Decision Before Dawn. Sure. A Place in the Sun. Q-Vadis? Q-O-Vadis? Oh. Quo? Quo Vadis. <laughs> Just like, what's she trying to say there? Yeah. Where are you going, apparently, in Latin? But those are the five nominees and A Streetcar Named Desire. Oh, interesting. I have not seen those other three. No. I have not. I don't think Mita has, but I have seen A Streetcar Named Desire. And I can say confidently that it is far and away the better picture. What do you think happened? You I always ask me know, this. <laughs> I, like I have no idea. I was so angry by the end of it I was so actually just like pissed off because it just aside from the like I think and I've talked about this so I won't go into like much detail again but like the racist kind of implication of something like this being lauded where something from India is like laughed at but you don't know that specific critic what they would say about a Bollywood movie Look, I'm not saying that this is like, I, I, yeah, I don't know what they would say, but I can speak to the 80, 83 Metacritic score. This movie, that end is ridiculous. And you know, what happens to Milo, Mita? Huh? Like, what happens to her character? <laughs> what happens to, like, her entire, like, like character line? She's one of the best parts of the movie. She disappears. Just gone. Just gone. And, like, what are we led to believe here? Like, it's just, it's... Have you ever seen Singing in the Rain? Yes. And what are your thoughts on Singing in the Rain? I have seen it as like a child Mm -hmm. and just remember dance sequences. Yeah. That's it. I don't remember the story for Singing in the Rain. Yeah, because there wasn't one. Exactly. Which I think is what musicals were at that time. Like think about when we, last year when we watched Meet Me in St. Louis. That one actually like does kind of have somewhat of a story Maybe not the best, <laughs> but it, a lot of it is just the the song. People wanted to see these things on a motion picture as opposed to seeing... Well, I don't think people could go to theaters and see them. But why is that okay? Why was it okay for this movie to have... It also got a Best Screenplay nomination, woman. Well, I think like, you're forgetting it's 1951. It's not like this is recently and we're allowing musicals like this. Like, musicals have come... A long way. And when we get to 2002 Chicago, (laughs) we'll be able to talk about how great. But even before then, when we get to West Side Story, we'll be able to talk about how to properly incorporate musical numbers into a a movie. Yeah. And that's not that far off. That's like like 20 years. years. yeah. Yeah, it's not that far away. I just, I could not understand this. I could not understand. And it reminded me a lot of Funny Face, Mm -hmm. aside from the fact that they share a song. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that until I was watching I, didn't it. I was like, wait a this... minute. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like the funny face version better. The funny face version? Yeah, it makes more sense to me between it's a man like and a, a woman duet. Yeah. than a friendship song. Yeah. Or, uh, sorry, a romantic song versus a friendship song. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Two men could sing that to each other romantically. I just, I, in this movie, they sing it to each other in terms of a friendship, and I don't get it. 
<laughs> but you must be able to see how this and something like Funny Face share a lot in common. Oh my god, yeah. Not, and I'm, aside from the song. Oh, that there's really like no plot at all. There's no plot. There's yeah. something, Funny Face I did enjoy a little bit more though, just because I feel like it's so referential today. And it's one of those ones that's just sort of flown under the radar. Like people mm-hmm. know those dance sequences. They've been remade into mm-hmm. like today's pop culture. And it's just really enjoyable to see that from its like origin stories. Whereas yeah. this, I, I can see some of the references in like Gene Kelly's dancing, mm-hmm. but I didn't, there was nothing where I was just like, oh yeah, that's like this. And like, this is exciting. They, it just was like dance sequence after dance sequence, which was interesting, but like nothing there. Like no depth whatsoever. You mean this? This, yeah. Yeah. Funny Face doesn't have depth, but those dance sequences stand out to me more. Yeah. It also has Audrey Hepburn. Who stands out to me more. Yeah. She's much more alluring than Lizzie Gatto. Yeah. Yeah. Who honestly has no screen presence. None whatsoever. Did you know, though, she, like, had just suffered from malnutrition because of the war? Oh, really? No, I didn't. She was suffering from malnutrition, and so she couldn't work. Like, she'd have to take a day off in between each day. Wow. She'd have to take be on on and off because she like could not keep up stamina wise wow you do have to realize that the war just ended yeah like six years ago five six years ago and she was starving wow yeah that's kind of wild and apparently apparently this had a lot of like kerfuffles going on behind the scenes so ben simonelli who directed this and also directed the movie we watched last week father of the bride Mm -hmm. maybe that's why maybe they felt bad because they're like we didn't give it to him for father of the bride no okay but he did direct this as well and at the time he was going through his divorce with judy garland Mm -hmm. and so apparently that was like more of his focus than actually directing this film and gene kelly actually took helm um a lot more with it and other the other actors involved didn't like that because does gene kelly not strike you as kind of an asshole yeah he does like have douche quality to him but he also looks like that And can dance yeah, like that, like so I boy. feel like it's a yeah. little like you can. He's be very good looking. Yeah, you have to give him that, mm-hmm. and he is an incredible dancer. But he just strikes me. His character in this was quite unlikable, but also like him as a person. I remember reading quite a bit of stuff about Singing in the Rain, which comes out quite soon after this, mm-hmm. about how he essentially like made Debbie Reynolds cry like throughout the entire filming, yeah. and that like he was a he was really quite hard on her, and she looks back on it fondly like. There's a reason he is who he is. Yeah. But people like to talk about Alfred Hitchcock and how much of a and dick David he was. Russell. And David O. Russell. But like, Although I do think there about... is like sexual assault allegations with D- David O. Russell. David o. Russell? Yeah. Sure. But then like Alfred Hitchcock, for instance, mm-hmm. like you, these are still directors who are trying to get like Kubrick. elicit the best out of them. Why was it okay for Gene Kelly to do it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It made me really interested to see, like, so there's a movie going to be coming out with Chris Evans playing Gene Kelly, and I could totally see him doing it, watching this. Because they're both good looking? No, but Chris Evans has, like, a little bit of showmanship to him when he he tap dances. Have you seen him tap dance? I've never seen him tap dance. They're both good looking, but there is that showmanship quality that I think is there, and he does play a douche really well. But the difference about Chris Evans is that, like, you know he's just acting. There is something very likable about Chris Evans. Did you not find that at all in Gene? I couldn't. Honestly, I really couldn't. I think I I was just enamored with his good looks then. (laughs) He's very good looking. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I was enamored by his good looks too. Also, keeping in mind that Marlon Brando on A Streetcar Named Desire will change the way. Yeah, very good looking. And change the way you look at undershirts. It's it's, it's just... (laughs) You specifically or just everybody? Everybody. He will, okay. he will make you question things. He makes you think about a banyan. Yeah, exactly. All this to say, though, that like he is very good looking, but I found I found his character really unlikable. I found his motivations very unlikable. Just like how he meets her at this bar and keeps staring at her when you're on this date with this other woman. Yeah, and how he kept pursuing her when she was clearly yeah. like, no, thank you. I'm not yeah. interested. Like that would not fly today. It would, You wouldn't be able to do that today. No. And I get that that was like at the time and like all, all of that. And eventually she like laughs at his joke and she's like, oh, okay, we can go out. And it's just like, it's okay. like what are you finding attractive there? Like he's being what? rude to you. <laughs> he's being rude to you. Yeah. yeah. And he was on a date with another woman. Mm-hmm. And also you are uh, like 
engaged to be married to another man. What are you doing, Leslie? Yeah. yeah. It, the whole thing was kind of like, I think you're meant to think it's this like... this Sweet, endearing love romance. story. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's, it's not. not. It's just really isn't. Mm -hmm. I I cannot get the appeal between them. I I don't get why. I don't get their motivations. Like, I found myself slipping. It starts off nicely, and Mm -hmm. then by the end of it, I was just like, no. But Nadim, imagine if this was in black and white, how much worse this would be. Sure. It would be so much more terrible. I'm just, I want to just put that out there, because I do think I'm onto something here. Color (laughs) helps a movie. I mean, color that only was the works. Advent of it, yeah. Black and white only works in certain movies. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not discounting. Thank that. you. I just I, wanted I to put that you. out into the world. And like Paris does look beautiful, and the sets are beautiful, and like everything, it's very nicely filmed. It mm-hmm. is really quite arresting to watch. But you earlier on, and I totally like bulldozed your question about like what happened here. Yeah, I. It's probably just the feel good nature of it. It is feel good. Like that's the intent behind it. And I'm sure people were, like you're saying, enamored. This is still the 50s. And I look at this and then it, I connect it to Funny Face, which comes out in the 70s. I thought that's the 60s. I thought Funny Face was the 70s. Oh, 57. Oh, so not too far off of this. No, actually. like six years away. Yeah. I, for some reason, thought it was the 70s. It's not. It's 57. No. So it's only six years away. So clearly there was something about like this movie and the dancing and all of that that was very like, you know... Of the time. Of the time and like enticing. But I would like to take a moment to talk about A Streetcar Named Desire. Okay, you tell me all about it. You need to watch it. Like me or everybody listening right now? Both. (laughs) Like you need to watch it. And if you haven't seen it, if you're a listener, go watch it. It is is like one of the best American made films ever. And I'm just so, I'm flabbergasted. I could understand, like, this is not, this is not No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood, where it's just like, it's a, it's a razor pin difference of which is better. It's not mm-hmm. that. And it, not everything has to be. There are some movies where, you know, you're just like, okay, I get that this is just, it's not even like Moonlight and La La Land, where it's like a, like a matter of opinion. There's just no comparison. Is this your Broke Back and Crash? But Broke Back and Crash is very different because... I think what bothers me, again, we'll talk about that in 2024, realistically. <laughs> what bothers me, so people people will forget I actually mentioned this. What yeah. bothers me about Brokeback is that the reason Crash won was because Brokeback was a gay romance. And Crash was a movie about racism. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only reason it won. And that's what bothers me. This, I don't get it. I don't like that it won. But part of me still gets. I don't think, because I don't think there's something nefarious about why this beat out Streetcar. I think it truly is just because people liked it, like legitimately just connected to it. It's like Coda beating out Power of the Dog. It's just that. It's the fluff and people just... It's the fluff of it. It's more attainable. And I think the thing is, people expect the Academy as a membership to be smarter and they're not. Well, I think we still expect that. Yeah, and and that's what I mean is that like we expect that because they're filmmakers that they have a better understanding of film and so they should be making more educated and more inspired choices and they don't because they still succumb to the masses. They also need to put down some rules about how how and who is voting because have you never have you seen that jennifer lawrence interview where she explains her mom voted for her yeah exactly yeah yeah, like you need there needs to be some like policing of that in some way of like wait a minute was it actually jennifer lawrence who voted for these films and it's not just jennifer lawrence a lot of like a lot of like directors and producers have said that they're like publicists or they're like assistants are the ones who do the voting it's not it's not Harvey Weinstein who was doing the voting. It was mm-hmm. probably some like side chick that he was attempting to have sex with who was voting at the time. There's like, and that's probably very common. So there is, like you're saying, there is no policing of it. But again, at the same time, I think it's just a voting, it's a voting body that just succumbs to the mass, Which the group think of it all. Sad. It is sad because it doesn't hold any value then. I and think this is, I think, this, a prime example of it. This winning though puts into perspective to me why Father of the Bride was nominated. Yes. Because I do think people, they wanted some bluff. Well, it makes sense why something like Coda is nominated against something like Power of the Dog. It makes sense why Juno is nominated when you have... Because Coda is like this close to being a Lifetime movie. It's like basically (laughs) there. Yeah. It's already like a free movie on Apple. Like there's, there's, there's... 
there's no reason it shouldn't be. It just happens to not be in Lifetime. And I think we expect the Academy to pick the Parasite. We expect them to pick the Moonlight. But more often than not, they're picking an American in Paris. Yeah. And that is just disappointing. So disappointing. What a what a movie to watch. But not to be honest, I had it on. <laughs> I I'm wasn't saying, really Mita, like, I'm not I was not invested in what was I going was not on. invested at all. And at one this. point I had paused it to answer a question and then I unpaused and then all of a sudden Apple was like, Okay, movie's over and I was like, Wait, that can't be like it was yeah. in the middle of a dance, like there must be something else. Yeah. And then when I went to go back to play it, it <laughs> it started it from the beginning. And I was like, wait, did I actually miss the whole ending? And I missed the whole ending. Because it's so quick. Yeah. The fact that that, that, that 17 minute dance sequence is called the climax of it. I'm like, climax of what? What? It's just the ending. It's just the ending. There's no cli- a climax is meant to be the accumulation of your story, of your plot points, of your characters. And it's a great dance. Don't get me wrong. It's Sure. They're both wonderful dancers. You don't need to put that in your movie. You There's just no don't. function to it. No. There's no function to it. And again, what gets me is that like you're saying like these we don't know who's reviewing what or who's saying what about Bollywood and who's saying what about this. Fine, I understand that. But what I'm saying is that, you know, if you're going to call out a Bollywood movie for having frivolous dance numbers and then you're going to reward this best picture because of its 17-minute climactal dance that has nothing to do with anything, Mm -hmm. you need to explain yourself. Yeah, sir. I have said a lot this time because I've very, very, I've had a very visceral reaction. You did, yes. I feel like I would like to hear your thoughts. We are on the same page there, and I. Got my thoughts sprinkled in. But I think with this one, it's just really hard to kind of... I was thinking all day today, like, what do I want to say about (laughs) an American in Paris? And there isn't really much to say. It is kind of how I felt about Father of the Bride as well, also directed by Vincent Minnelli. And I I feel like maybe we should reexamine why he's so rendered. Is that the word I want to use? Renowned. Renowned. Thank you. What's a rendered? I don't know. Okay. Why is he so renowned, though? Is it just because he is Liza's father? Because I don't... That might be a big part of it, though, right? I really don't understand. That he was married to Judy Garland. He also did direct, like, Gigi. Okay, so we will not watched out that yet. Yeah. But there was another one that we did watch, no? We did. What was it? Meet Me in St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. Meet Me in St. Louis. I mean, that's renowned just because it's a Christmas classic and, like, Judy Garland has the voice of an angel and he does a really good job... At making Judy Garland sing, although that's probably all Judy and none of him. But I yeah. do, I'm trying to grasp, like, what is it about Vincent that people found so charming? Because these movies really lack story and they lack dialogue. This movie especially. I think maybe there's, like, in total 20 minutes of dialogue. <laughs> like, there's nothing going on here. And well, it's I kept also expository. Like, it's also, like, to get to the next dance. Mm-hmm. And one thing I actually read about Singing in the Rain was that they wrote the music first and then wrote the story around the songs. Well, I think the whole point of doing an American in Paris was to use all those Gershwin songs. I think yeah. it's the same thing. They had that this was part of um, a Gershwin songbook and they wanted to use these songs. And so they probably just wrote the script around the songs themselves. Yeah. Which just doesn't, it doesn't work. Like when you have something great in the future, like La La Land, or even when you think about Chicago, which was based off of a play from the 1920s, I'm sure that they use the play as their source material or the articles that that woman wrote about, you know, these women in prison. They use that as their source and wrote a a story based off of that and then put in songs in there. And it just doesn't work the other way around. It really is lackluster. Yeah, and it's all about, filmmaking has to still be about story. Like, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you are telling a story. And whatever you do is in service of that story. It cannot be the story is secondary because it always shows. And I remember when I watched Singing in the Rain years ago, I was kind of just like, okay, I get it. I get the dances are great and they're fun and energetic. But, like, why is this film so renowned? Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to, like, understand that musicals, kind of got away with murder (laughs) back in the day they really got away with a lot because they had shiny dance numbers it'll be interesting to see like if we can see in at least in the best pictures when that starts to change 
Because it does. Because you do have West Side Story. You do have Sound of Music. You do have My Fair Lady. You have a lot of musicals that have more to offer. Like, that we know have more to offer. But, like, when does it happen? Because this wasn't it. No. Do you have sequel prequel ideas? (laughs) How about just a story? How about... (laughs) How did he get to Paris? How did... You know, like, they just say, like, I was a GI. Okay, cool. But, like... What attracted you to Paris in, yeah. besides just being a painter? Yeah. How are you like living? Actually, I did like that opening sequence in his apartment. I will say that. That was really, it was very really yeah. well choreographed. Like yeah. Jean, I'll save that for later. But aside, aside from what I just said, no, I don't really, I don't really care. That's the other yeah. thing. This movie does nothing emotionally for me. No. Yeah. I don't care about any of these people. I don't think I'm as vitriol as you are, but... <laughs> no, you're not. I just didn't care about anything. And I think my... Anyways, I'll launch into my rating. And there I'm going to talk about how it 100% did not deserve a Best Picture win. Okay. And I'm shocked and appalled that it did. Because you have to see A Streetcar Named Desire Me. That you really do. It's how like an American classic. How much will you pay classic. me to watch it? You could just come over to my house and watch it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I own it. Like in a couple weeks. <laughs> Yeah, I'm busy. The people, you're, you're busy and the people in your house are sick. <laughs> Everyone is sick, yeah. You don't yeah. have to come right now. I'm okay. actually not even inviting you right now. I thought you were telling me to like come right after we record. Oh, no. <laughs> I cannot do that right now. No. But you do have to watch it. You have to see it. It is, it's a classic for a reason. It has a 97 Metacritic score for a reason as well. And I, the only thing I can, that, that explains why it lost to this is this is just lighter. As we Car Name Desire is heavy filmmaking. It's Ilya Kazan. It, there's a lot more going on there. Mm-hmm. So I get it. It was a lot more to, to swallow. And this was just a lot easier to digest. It is it's it is fun. The dancing is fun. Gene Kelly is a great... He's a great dancer. He's a great choreographer. He's very good looking. Fine. You know, there's also hot people in A Streetcar. But Streetcar just has a lot more to say. And ends, it's a downer of a film, really. But it is significantly better this i don't even think deserved a nomination if i'm being honest like if i'm trying to compare this to things that like one even a year ago in all about even sunset boulevard and even something like father of the bride which felt frivolous but at least was there was a story and there was a tone and there was an intonation i just cannot figure it out here yeah this seems like it was an excuse to have nice dances Mm -hmm. everything just felt in paris everything just felt in service of that and you know and, what? It wasn't even filmed in Paris. Yeah, and you can tell it wasn't filmed in Paris, and a lot of it is like set design and all of that, and it's just, I don't know, it just, the whole thing kind of just rubbed me the wrong way. I wanted to like this, and I did enjoy it before. I think I enjoyed it before the love story between them started, and yeah. then as that started, it just started to slip away, and by the end, I was just like, peace, I'm, o- I'm over this. So if you are going to watch something from 1951, watch A Streetcar Named Desire, this movie does have some things that you cannot d- deny are, are good. The color is the color, and that's you can't give that to the movie as something it did. But the cinematography is beautiful. The set design is great. The dancing really is exquisite. The choreography is really fun. Gene Kelly can really hold a scene. And so you, it's not an awful movie. This isn't a one-star movie. I think a lot of my experience is also coming from, like I said, like how I, I, the West perceives Bollywood. And then to see something like this be rewarded Best Picture, it's just, it's very off-putting. Because to me, it's an indication that there's more than just uh, an evaluation of content going on. But I won't go into that. For this movie, though, I'm going to give this two stars. I'm writing it down. All right, write it. Note it. Noted. Two stars for Nadimo. Two. I will start my review by saying that Gene Kelly is a babe. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's a babe and he can dance. And so can yeah. Leslie Caron. There is very beautiful dance sequences in this. And in terms of like visually and what they do with cinematography, like especially in those last 20 minutes mm-hmm. when they're like in the, the sunset and it's the two of like, it's really, it's stunning to watch. But that's about it. That's all this movie has going for it are these like really visual dance sequences. And that just can't be a movie. Like you need something more. You need some purpose to it. And so I I had originally thought that this was based off of a Broadway play, but then realized that mm. it wasn't. That it was just they took songs that Gershwin had written and then worked yeah. around it. And 
So going into it, I really did have high expectations because like it must be based off of something. Like it must yeah. be really good. Like I've never seen an American in Paris. I don't know the book or anything like that. And now I understand that why I hadn't seen it or heard anything because it's just not good. There isn't anything really there. But the thing is, I think it could it could be reworked if somebody yes. paid attention to the story and like actually worked on that because the the setup of these two men in love with the same woman could really be enduring like even just listening to that imdb description there is something there it just isn't looked at or worked at all and like you i have a really hard time wrapping my mind around the fact that this was nominated for best picture mm. i don't know the other nominees but based off of your endorsement for streetcar named <laughs> desire i can only imagine like it just doesn't stand up next to it also i know that that's that's stella right yeah like how do you i don't know how do you compare to stella how do you compare to stella <laughs> i don't well i mean i don't know the context of stella so <laughs> but i'm sure it's great but yeah there's just really isn't i mean there <laughs> i was gonna do a pen there really isn't anything to desire here. <laughs> and I don't, the only thing I can see someone being like attracted to are those dance sequences. Mm -hmm. Because even the acting in this is not superb. No. And like, but it's one thing to blame actors for that, but there really isn't anything there for them to work with to begin with. And so if you're going to watch, if you're a dancer and you appreciate dance and you want to see where maybe some inspiration com comes from later in years, then I suggest you do watch this. But don't watch it as like, I'm going to watch one of the best pictures of 1951. Yeah. You have to watch it as I'm going to watch some of the best dance sequences that were captured on film. Because that's really all that it is. Mm. And you said I was going to give it two and a half stars. I'm actually going to give it two stars. Okay. And those stars are Gene Kelly's feet and face. <laughs> yep. They're star worthy. They really are. Yeah. Yep. And I'm, I want to see Chris Evans play Gene Kelly. Yeah, I'm open to that. I think it'll be very attractive. But I'd like to see Gene Kelly in a movie where he doesn't come off as an asshole. But I want the Gene Kelly movie to be like, how much of an asshole is Gene Kelly? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm just saying in general, I'd like to see Gene Kelly in a movie where he isn't where he isn't an asshole but okay if i'm watching the movie about him oh i want to see how much of a dick he was but i could i could watch him dance for a really long time yeah he's very good just like dancing and dancing yeah but that was the extremely disappointing an american in paris i want to say an american werewolf in paris but that's not what we watched that's something else but very I, should i start watching emily in paris do you yeah, think it's better than this? Not. If you have time to watch something, you should watch A Streetcar Named Desire. But like outside of that, do you think I should watch Emily in no, Paris? I don't think so. I have oh. not heard a single good thing about it. Except that it was nominated for a Golden Globe. That was a lot of trash in the past. <laughs> okay, Mita. We. Oui. Our last game of spooky season. Oh. And then we move into my favorite season of the year, awards. Oh, I was like, you're forgetting that Christmas comes before awards. No, we're in awards season right now. So a lot of our small talk will go into... I feel like awards start in January, though. Let's be real. No. Not but the actual awards. The... Yeah, yeah. The actual awards do. But like, this is the actual interesting time before you get front runners and you get like yeah. all of that. Like everything is fresh and raw and like the ability to discover what movies are exciting. This mm -hmm. is now and that's exciting. Okay. But enough about that. Yes. I had two options here, Mita. Uh -huh. I was either going to do a really difficult one or a really easy one. Okay. And so, Mita, you tell me which one I picked. Because this time, I'm going to ask you to connect Crazy Rich Asians to Scream 5. To Scream 5? Yes. I'm trying to think. And your timer. I think that is easy, but I just can't think. Okay. <laughs> starts now. Crazy Rich Asians to Scream 5. Okay, um, Harry Shum Jr. is in Crazy Rich Asians. He also was on the television show Glee, which was created by Ryan Murphy. A fellow Ryan Murphy darling is Emma Roberts, who is in Scream 4 with cast members who are in Scream 5. Okay, that works. Why, what were you going to do? For a hard one? Was that... Wait, no, that was that's did fine. you not like, figure I, it out i didn't figure it out oh <laughs> I, I didn't have the energy to figure it out that just seems very long-winded though i feel like there might there be must something be something harder. quicker but that's all i could think of in the yeah. moment but that was good okay what was the hard one 
I also didn't figure that. I just, in my head, I was just like, oh, you could go a hard route or you could go an easy route. So I just picked the easy route because it just was easy. Okay. It's also late, retired. So <laughs> it can't all be, you know, difficult. So I get to follow up next week with something oh, from Screen 5. there is five. an easier version, by the way. What is it? I just realized this. The directors of Screen 5 directed Ready or Not. Oh. With, oh no, never mind. Adam Brody. That, who? Adam Brody. Wait, but, but that that's doesn't still, connect back no, to, to Crazy yeah. Rich Asians. Yeah, this just stays within Scream, so never mind, actually. <laughs> I feel like there's something with Gemma Chan and Adam Brody. There must be. Maybe. Who knows? Who, Who knows? knows these days? But Mita, what are we watching next week? Next week, Nadim, we are watching The Greatest Show on Earth. <laughs> Which is regarded as one of the worst Best Picture winners. <laughs> Worse than this? This is not on that list. Interesting. I, who's I writing this list? Just in general, like, this, there's one, like, Empire released one in 2015, I think, where mm-hmm. they talk about it. In 2005, sorry. I think everyone just does a version of it. It's not like there's one list that is the list. It's just, it appears on multiple lists where people talk about the worst Best Picture winners. Gotcha. But yeah, we are watching The Greatest Show on Earth, a two and a half hour movie about a circus, I think. Hmm, very nice. Hmm, there we go. Mita, do you have parting words for us? I do. Mm. I'm old enough to know what to do with my young feelings. Okay, sure. Ah, there wasn't that many. There's not much dialogue in this movie. And the songs aren't memorable either. That's the other thing. A musical with very bland music. Yeah, very bland music, but some great dance. Great dancing. Great dance. Thank you so much for listening, folks. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for... The greatest show on earth? Or the Question show on earth. <laughs> Exactly. We'll find out next week. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number 2 Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.